Hello, my name is Jason Davis, the host of the podcast show, Beyond the Line. Welcome to the first episode. Today, I'll be talking about recruiting. Now, we all would like our kids to get that full-ride athletic scholarship to a four-year university, get a free education. But being recruited is much more than performing well on the field or on the court, being recognized by a coach, and then offered a scholarship. So today, I'll be talking about some information that you as an athlete and you as a parent need to know to help yourselves along the recruiting process. I'll be talking about things such as the college recruiting process. When should you as an athlete start your recruiting process? And when you're in high school, what are some of the things you need to do to improve your chances of being recruited? What are some of the things that college coaches are looking for in a high school recruit? And what are some of the major differences between high school and college sports? Later in the show, you'll hear from a high school coach that knows this recruiting process all too well. So let's unpack and dive into a lot of this information. First, there's 357 Division I schools. There's 312 Division II schools. And finally, there's 250 Division III schools. So as you see, there's plenty of colleges and universities for kids to be able to go into college, play sports, and further their education. So now let's talk about the recruiting process. What are some of the things that colleges do in order to recruit high school athletes? First, what they'll do is they'll gather a list of prospective athletes that they're interested in recruiting. Then from that list, they'll send out recruiting letters. Then once they've sent out recruiting letters, they'll send out questionnaires and or camp invites. They'll invite the athletes to come to camp so they can get a closer look at them. And there at those camps, they'll conduct what's called evaluations. They'll evaluate the players. Obviously, they'll take a look at their measurables, which is their height, their weight, their speed, their athleticism, and things like that. If the rules permit, they'll take the opportunity to talk to the athletes to get to know them a little bit better. Once the evaluation is done, then what they'll usually do is they'll extend a verbal offer or perhaps even a scholarship. Now understand, a verbal offer is just that, a verbal offer. It's a non-binding agreement between the university and the athlete. At any point, at any time, the university can withdraw that verbal offer. Likewise, at any time, the athlete can withdraw their commitment to that university. So when should an athlete start the recruiting process? Typically, the best time to start is late in their sophomore year or early in the junior year of high school. Starting early allows the athlete to be thorough in their search and also gives them the opportunity to get ahead of the curve before most college teams have locked down their recruiting classes. So let's talk about the high school year-by-year checklist for the athlete so that they can prove their chances of being recruited. So as a freshman, you want to work on your skills and your physical training. Start collecting performance stats such as goals, assists, RBIs, 40 times, things of that nature, so that you can use an athletic resume in your upcoming years. Get the best grades you can. Grades and your test scores are obviously the most important thing that recruiters and college coaches look for. If you're not eligible, you can't play. Do your research on colleges that you want to attend. Find out what their academics are like. Find out what the social life is like. Find out how much commitment you're going to need to make in order to be able to play sports at that particular school. As a sophomore, keep your grades up. Think about your skills, teamwork, and physical training. Discuss your role on a college team with your coaches, whether it's your high school coaches or perhaps a college coach. Find out what your role will be on that particular team if you're able to go to that school. Seek advice from your coaches and college counselors to discuss the sport you may pursue at a higher level. Find out what kind of grade point average you might need. Find out what test scores you need. Find out how strenuous the academics are at that school to see if it's a good fit for you. Finally, continue to build your athletic resume. As a junior, begin the college counseling process in January and take the SAT and or ACT. Visit colleges over spring break. So have a list of colleges that you would like to attend or at least take a look at to see if you're a good fit for and make some visits. Start compiling an athletic resume and videos of your skills. Senior, stay in contact with college coaches over the summer before your senior year. This is very important. Make sure you 
remain at constant contact with them so that they know that you're interested. Work hard on your college applications. Those usually have deadlines, so make sure you're on top of that. Make official visits to meet team members and get to know the college and athletic program better. Now, official visits are visits that the school will pay for you. Unofficial visits are visits that you and your family have to pay for. So what are some of the traits that college coaches want in recruits? First off, academics. You cannot play if you're not eligible. This is the number one thing they look for. You may be the best athlete on your team, best athlete in your conference, or whatever the case may be, but if you're not eligible, if you don't have the grade, they can't and won't recruit you. Athleticism. They want to see how well you can play your position or play your sport. Do you have potential? If you demonstrate the potential to get better, college coaches will be more than willing to coach you up. Do you have versatility? Can you play more than one position? The more versatile you are, the more valuable you are to them. If you're more valuable to them, then that's less people they have to go out and recruit. So the more positions you can play, the more things you can do on the field or on the court, the more likely you are to get recruited. Leadership. Do you have what it takes to be a leader on your team, whether it's verbal or through your play? What is your work ethic like? Do you demonstrate or do you have the hard work, dedication, and commitment to improve yourself, thus improving your team? Do you have mental and physical toughness, whether on or off the field? Do you have the makeup to get through the tough times? Coaches want to see focused and aggressive competitors. They notice things such as effort, fearlessness, and confidence. They also like players who don't let negative things affect them. So let's discuss some of the major differences between high school and college sports. Number one, training is much more intense. As an 18-year-old freshman, you're training with 21 and 22-year-olds. They challenge and push you to get better. Number two, everyone is talented. You're no longer the best on the team. It's rare for a freshman to be the best player on the team. Coaches get paid a lot of money to win, so your spot can be taken and they will play the best players. Number three, team is your family. You room with them, you have class with them, you travel with them, and you eat with them. That is your bond. Number four, free time is limited, particularly if you're at a D1 program where athletics is almost like a full-time job. Between practice, classes, rehab, training, and homework, you can easily have a 12-hour day. Number five, your coach is more involved in your academics. In season, you may take one less class to lighten your course load, but now that means summer school becomes mandatory. You'll have two to four hours of study hall each week. Some coaches even receive bonuses based on their team's performance academically. In the Division II and Division Three and NAIA programs, they're less demanding and allow for more personal time. So it's important for you as the student athlete and as a family to find the right fit academically, athletically, and socially. Setting those expectations at the beginning of the recruiting process will help simplify the process. So let's hear from my guest and get his take on the recruiting process. So we have someone on the show today that knows a lot about the recruiting process. He's the head football coach at Steinbrenner High School in Lutz, Florida, Coach Perez. Welcome to the program, Coach. Hey, thank you for having me. It's uh, an honor to be on here and, and talking about this very important process for our kids. So uh, always good to have this information out for them. So today we've been talking about the recruiting process and that it goes, uh, there's a lot more to it than just playing on the field, you know, doing well on the field, being recruited and offer a scholarship. There's more that goes behind the scenes than just that. So let's talk about some of that information. All right. So when a coach or recruiter comes to you and they're looking to recruit a player, what's one of the first things they ask you about that player? Oh, I'll tell you, it's a, uh, it's almost a hundred percent of the time. They just want to know the character of the kid. You know, it's it, that is honestly the very first question. It's it's are they coachable? Is this is this a young man that's going to fit in their locker room? Um, is he going to be a hard worker? What kind of kid is he going to be in the program? Is he going to have legal issues? Do you foresee things like that happening down the road where they're going to be in, in in trouble and whatnot? And then obviously they they get to grades. You know, the grades is always a big one because you can have the best athlete in the world, but if if you don't have the grades, ultimately that that changes a lot of things. So obviously grades come next, and, and it's really not until you talk about the character of the kid and you talk about the grades that you do finally get to the playing ability part. All right, so when, let's touch a little bit on the, the character part of the, the, uh, 
the point there. Now, when coaches, uh, you know, have an issue or they've, they've been told something about an athlete that has some character issues, how do they weigh that compared to the grades? Do, does a character issue get more weight in terms of whether or not they really want to recruit the player or not, or do they go more by the grades? Well, you know, I think that depends. Um, I, I think it really depends how severe the grades are. You know, there's there's certain schools, you know, you start talking about the Division One schools, um, they, they have certain requirements that their admissions flat out have to have those requirements in order to get in. You know, you start talking about the Vanderbilts, the Dukes, the very, the Stanfords of the world. Um, there's certain academic requirements that those kids have to meet, and, and they're, they're not going to bend or break those. So uh, in that case, they're going to always talk about academics first. If you're talking about a, a regular run-of-the-mill Division One school or or even Division Two, Three, NAIA, uh, at that point, if it's not a severity uh, when it comes to grades, if that's not a point of emphasis, well, now they're going to want to mo- know more about that character. Okay. Now you've had players that go, you know, D One, Division Two, II, Division Three programs. How different are the academics between the three divisions? Uh, you know, a lot of it actually breaks down to conferences. So a, a lot of it has to do with with how the conf- conferences operate. Um, you know, you, you take a look at the Patriot League, you know, which is an FCS uh, uh, a league. Um, that's a very high academic league, you know, and they have the very strict uh, guidelines that they have to have for admissions. Um, you start talking about um, uh, Division Two schools. Division Two schools really – Division two and division three, it starts to become a money game with, with kids. You know, they, they don't give full uh, athletic scholarships. So now it turns into, well, how much money can we get packaged for a young man? And and that really becomes, OK, well, if they have the right grades, the higher the grades, the higher the tier that they'll be in, the more money that they could that they could be eligible for. OK, good. That's a good point that you brought up. And we'll touch on the, the financial part of it in a little bit. Um, but I want to go back and ask another question. What are one or two misconceptions that athletes and their families have about recruiting? You know, I, I think a lot of the stuff now, I think, you know, there's a lot of recruiting services out there. A lot of people trying to take advantage of kids in a lot of ways. And, and I think it, they really sell it to parents as, hey, you need to do something to get your kid recruited. And they really make it almost the responsibility of the parent Oh, if you're not doing this, it kind of guilts them into, to, um, you know, not getting them recruited or doing the most that you can for your kid. And then, you know, being a parent, obviously you're going to think, well, I want to do everything I can for my kid, you know, and, and we all understand that as parents, um, you know, it, it's, it's not one of those things, the recruiting services, um, there's some really great ones and there's some out there that are not so great. And, and I always tell our families, you know, be very wary of where you're putting your money. You know, if, if it's something you're paying for, there, there should be a red flag coming up. You know, I tell our families, if it's free, go for it. You know, the exposure part's not going to hurt you. You know, put profiles out there, do questionnaires, do all that kind of good stuff. Um, but if it comes down to, hey, we're going to charge you $1,000, $2,000, whatever it may be, well, find out what is really the difference between what the high school coach is doing and the communications that we have with recruiters and what's the difference between that and what a recruiting service is going to be. Because I'll tell you, coaches like to talk to coaches. And there's there's a lot to that. Now, earlier you mentioned uh, the character part and obviously the grades part when it comes to being recruited. What are two or three things athletes can do to increase his or her chances of being recruited? You know, I, I think early on is is, you know, just being a program guy. You know, I, I think right now our generation or I, I shouldn't say our generation, the generation we're working with, um, you know, they're so focused on, on the end goal. Right. They're so focused on, oh, I, I want that D1 scholarship. I want the D1 scholarship. Well, you know, really, you need to worry about the now. What, what are you doing now? You know, are you doing the right things in your program? 
Are you a great teammate? Are you a guy that goes into a weight room and attacks the weight room? Are you a guy that is dedicated to his academics, that's dedicated to being a better young man um, than you were the day before? Are you dedicated to, to doing everything that the coaches ask you to do? And, and I think that that's so important. And I think kids nowadays are just, they're so focused on that end goal. They want to be recruited D1, D1. Enjoy the now. You know, and, and, and I talk to guys that have, have gone through our program that are in college now. And man, they, they wish they could come back and play one more year of high school football. And it's it's something I wish they weren't so eager to leave because this is the probably the best time that they'll ever have playing football. There was a good point you brought up there a second ago about enjoying the process and, and being that character type of person. Because um, earlier in the show, we talked about, are you a coachable player? And coaches, if they realize that you're a coachable player, they're more than willing to coach you up if you lack a little bit on the athletic side of things. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you could take, I'll take any kid that, that is just willing to work, that's going to grind. That's you, you know that that's a kid that when things get tough on a Friday night, that's a kid that you could count on. You know, and, and, and to me, athletic ability is going to take you a long way. But guess what? I'll take the kid that wants to be coached, that is hungry, that's going to be a great teammate. Those are the guys that, that will be difference makers in your program. Um, and then when you put them together, when you when you have the athletic ability and all of a sudden you're also that coachable kid, which those are those are the gems of this world. And, and those are the guys that truly are the success stories. And that's just a dream as a coach once you get to that level. Now, going back to the financial part of things, discuss a little bit about athletic scholarships. Now, not all scholarships are full-ride scholarships. And I think that's one of those misconceptions that people have out there, particularly athletes and parents, that athletic scholarships are full-rides. There's also the parcel scholarships. So explain a little bit or discuss a little bit about the financial part that the family uh, has to partake in when it comes to these scholarships that aren't full-rides. Yeah, you know, things get, uh, and this could be a whole whole couple hour conversation here. You know, the it, let's start with the Division Ones, right? The Division Ones, there's no more partials in Division One, so you you either are getting that that football scholarship or you're not, right? And 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 a program has 85 scholarships to give, and, and they could give 25 a year, is unless they have penalties and all that kind of stuff. But that that's a typical program, and that is a full tuition. You're going to get your books, your meals, you're going to get taken care of. I mean, you, you, you've hit a gold mine. Now, again, that's, that's about one, I think the number is 1.6% of high school athletes actually uh, go on to receive division one scholarships. So that's, that's a very small percentage. You start talking about division two, division two has partial scholarships. What that means is now the schools have a pot of money and, and now they're able to decide how they want to use that money. We have had kids that have been uh, just about full full paid kids. What I mean by that is that their athletic ability was outstanding. Their grades were outstanding. And by the end of it, they were able to put together enough football money and enough academic money that all of a sudden they're not paying anything to go to school. So it is possible if you're able to marry the two together. And, and then from there, um, they could obviously adjust how much they give for D2 and whatnot. When you start talking about Division three football, which, uh, you know, a lot of people just think that it's all about that letter or that number, right? You're, you're either playing one, two, or three, and they see it as levels. Um, I, I hate that misconception. I think that there's some really good Division three football out there. You know, you look at a lot of NFL guys that have come from the Division three level. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of success there. There's a lot of great stories there. And, and Division three football is really good stuff. And, um, you know, really, it's just it, a lot of those schools tend to be liberal arts schools. They're going to be smaller schools in, in nature. We, we unfortunately don't have any down here in Florida. So, again, they're, they're very geographical, right? They're in certain locations of our country. But at the end of the day, those are really going to be based on your academics. 
there, they, they tend to be very expensive because again, they're, they're private schools typically, and they're going to cost, you know, anywhere between 40 to 70 plus thousand dollars a year. And, and that's, that's a tough one. And, and, and I get it. So um, there, they have to find a way to have enough academic money that they are able to come up with a package that works for the kids. And then you get into NAI schools and JUCOs and, and, and that's a whole other animal also. Now, ultimately, the athlete is responsible in terms of what they do on and off the field in terms of being recruited. But there is also that parental side of things. So what are some of your do's and don'ts for parents when it comes to the recruiting process? Because ultimately, the recruiter is recruiting the player, not the parent. So what are some of your do's and don'ts as far as parents are concerned when it comes to the recruiting process? You know, I think the, the first thing needs to be is uh, making sure that they're taking care of the little things. I think that's something that the parents could really help out, out with at home is, is, you know, stop worrying so much about the product on the field. Worry about what you can control at home, right? We could control how much that, that young man is studying at home. Is he studying for the SAT or ACT, right? Is he, is he ready to get a great test score that could possibly bump him up to a different tier where now he's getting more money? You know, a lot of times parents don't understand that that money at the end is going to come down to GPA and possibly test scores. And and if they're able to do that from the home front, my goodness, that that, that helps out quite a bit. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. Not only that, but also if you want to talk about the, the football side of it, I know a lot of parents like to get involved in that. Then you know what? Help out with the with the highlight film, right? Helping helping them make on a huddle. You know, we have all these great tools now, and and making a great huddle highlight film. You know, talking with them. Hey, is this a good clip? Why is this a good clip? You know, talk a little football with them, and it'll actually help build that that relationship between a teenager and a parent too. So um, those are a couple things. I, but honestly, you know, I, I always go back to you want to help out. Make sure that you're helping out at home with that GPA and that, that test score. I think that that's uh, first and foremost. Well, we thanks, thank you a lot, Coach Perez, for being on the show. We hope to have you again in the future. If there's anything that you would like to add to help recruiters out there and help students as well, please go ahead and offer any kind of information that we haven't covered yet so far. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think using social media, you know, if we didn't talk about social media, I think we'd be doing a disservice. You know, it really does, uh, has such an impact on our world. Um, that is something, you know, I, I, I miss saying that with parents uh, is, is, number one, making sure that, that young, young men's uh, – Social media accounts are, are showing a positive portrayal of who they are. You, you don't want to be putting certain things on there that, that could jeopardize your future. And, and we've seen many cases of that uh, happen. Um, I will tell you that college recruiters are looking at that. They actually have, I've, I've met with uh, a Clemson staff member that told me that they actually have people that just watch the people that they're getting recruited, the kids that they're getting recruited. All they do is follow their social media and then they rate them on a scale of how risky and, and, and how safe they are based on that. Not only that, but also using that as a tool to promote your athlete, right? If you could promote them by, by creating those highlight films and not posting them on there, right? And, and creating relationships with coaches early on. You know, if there's certain schools that you're interested in, hey, reach out to those coaches, fill out the questionnaires, um, you know, send them a, a follow or whatever it is on Twitter, you know, send them on Instagram, send them something so that you start to create connections and relationships. And I think that the recruiting process, if you didn't talk about relationships and cultivating them, um, you know, the, the high school coaches, a lot of times we're the matchmakers, right? So we're in the middle of it. We try to create the matches. And from there, um, it, the the player and, and the coaches and the schools really need to come together to create that union. But anyway, we do share quite a bit of that on our social media. Um, you know, if, if we, we tend to put some information up and that's on our uh, Twitter account is probably our best one. That's a Steinbrenner FB. Um, you can do at Steinbrenner FB and, and you can join us on there and 
just follow along. We tend to put some tips and whatnot of what, what you can be doing to, to help out. Okay, and let's take let's take that social media uh, aspect one step further. Now with the whole COVID thing, how much more important has social media become in terms of recruiting? Because coaches and recruiters aren't allowed or able to get to co- uh, high school campuses because of the COVID uh, pandemic. Well, I'll tell you this: this whole pandemic has has flipped us upside down. It, it really has, and the whole process of recruiting is all new to all of us. Uh, you know, typically I could have told you, hey, between Usually in January and this time, I would be seeing hundreds of coaches. And when I mean hundreds, I'm not exaggerating. We would see 100 coaches show up to our school. I think uh, this offseason, we maybe have seen about maybe about 8 to 12. Which, I mean, my goodness, you're talking, you're talking about 10% of the schools. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, we lost because of COVID. We lost uh, last spring, which, you know, them not being able to come out during spring ball would, was huge. That's that's when they come out. That's when they get to evaluate, sometimes put eyes on the kids. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you, being creating yourself virtually in, in this day and age, I think, is is the brand that you create for yourself, I think, is critically important. Um, you know, and, and likewise, I think it's important that our kids go to schools and, and go to their website, see what virtual stuff they've posted, see the videos that they've posted, see what the campus is like. Um, you know, my little cousin that, that currently just got offered a scholarship from, from Nebraska, she actually just committed there for cross country. Um, she's actually never been to the campus. And to me, that blows my mind. I'm like, how in the world do you get recruited and you've never been to the campus? I mean, you're going to spend the next four years of your life. <laughs> you haven't even been there. But, you know, she showed me 300 different videos and she got a good feel for it from those videos. So, I think it's important that both sides really do their homework online as much as you can. Well, again, Coach, thanks again for coming on the show and, and enlightening us with that information. Once again, give out that Steinbrenner information so that you know our folks can follow you guys. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, I always lo- love talking about football and, and whatever we can do to help our kids in this generation. Um, so a- anytime, any topic, lo- love to be part of it. Um, again, if you want to follow us at, at Steinbrenner FB. Um, and you could also find us on, on Facebook. We're at Steinbrenner Football. But anyway, thank you very much. I appreciate you and, and anything you're doing for our kids. Thank you, Coach, and look forward to having you again. All right. So what are some of the takeaways from today? For athletes, number one, get good grades. Keep those grades up. Get good test scores, whether it's the ACT and or SAT. Number two, be a character person. Have good character so that coaches will want to recruit you. And number three, be an advocate for your own recruiting process. Make sure you're standing, again, on top of your grades. Make sure you're getting those resume films and all those measurables out there so the college coaches can see you. For parents, number one, help out your son or daughter with the recruiting process. College recruiters expect that they want you to help out with the process, but ultimately they are recruiting the athlete. Number two, ask questions of college coaches for your athlete or for your son or daughter. Ask questions such as what does a day, a week, or a year in the life of a student athlete look like? What types of on and off campus activities are available to the athletes? Also, what type of academic support do athletes receive? Those are some of the questions that you'd want to ask a college coach to make sure that your son or daughter is in the best possible fit for them. And finally, find out more about financial aid. Talk to the high school. Talk to the college that your son or daughter may be attending just to find out what your responsibility is. Because as Coach Perez said earlier in the show, not every athletic scholarship is a full ride. There is that possibility for you as a parent or family may need to pay out of pocket for your son or daughter to attend college. This is it for part one of a two-part series on recruiting. I'd like to thank Coach Perez for being on the show, but more importantly, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you felt this episode to be very helpful, I encourage you to tell three other people. I'll be talking to you next week on part two about recruiting. Take care. 